If you're feeling overwhelmed by clutter, whether it be physical or mental clutter, I invite you to join me for my free five-day challenge called Re-Energize Your Home. We'll be meeting from June 3rd through June 9th for this amazing challenge where you will discover the power of shifting your mindset, the power of managing your energy, and having true support for your efforts. Let's help you reclaim control of your life and your space in just five days. All you need to do to join us in this free challenge is to go to maketimeforsuccesspodcast.com slash challenge. Again, that's maketimeforsuccesspodcast.com slash challenge. I can't wait to work with you and I'll see you soon. Welcome back to the Make Time for Success podcast. This is episode 99. Do you have a tendency to put yourself down or to see yourself as not being quite good enough for what you want to do? My special guest today, Alex Navas, is going to fix all of that. In this episode, we get all of his ideas about what makes us see ourselves as less than and how we can let go of those old habits we've been trained into. Alex Navas is a coffee-loving, family-focused, marketing and business growth strategist for six and seven figure entrepreneurs. He's also the founder of Fampreneur, a movement that equips and empowers family-focused entrepreneurs to grow wildly successful businesses while having a thriving family life. After building two successful mortgage companies, losing it all, and rebuilding a consulting business of his dreams, Alex focuses on helping experts and thought leaders know how to build profitable and purposeful online businesses they love. You're going to hear so many different stories and so much wisdom from Alex in this episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. Hi, I'm Dr. Christine Lee, and I'm a psychologist and a procrastination coach. I've helped thousands of people move past procrastination and overwhelm so they could begin working to their potential. In this podcast, you're going to learn powerful strategies for getting your mind, body, and energy to work together so that you can focus on what's really important and accomplish the goals you want to achieve. When you start living within your full power, you're going to see how being productive can be easy and how you can create success on demand. Welcome to the Make Time for Success podcast. Hi, everyone. It is Dr. Christine Lee again. And today I have the pleasure of welcoming Alex Navas to the show. He is a coach, a business and marketing coach. He happens to be one of my coaches. He is a delightful speaker, teacher, and he is the founder of Fampreneur. And I'm going to let him take it away in terms of filling you in on the rest of his intro and bio. Welcome to the show, Alex. Thank you so much. And first of all, let me just say thank you for inviting me. I know that your audience is very precious to you and you've taken a lot of time to invest back in them. And so I I don't take it for granted that you've invited me to share some ideas and share some concepts with them. So thank you very much. I really uh, feel a sense of gratitude for the invite here. Oh, thank you. I know you're going to bring so much value today. So thank you. I'm already excited. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Awesome. Well, a little bit about me. I am, as Dr. Christina said, I am the founder of Fampreneur, and I've been in business for roughly 
about the same time I've been married. So I'm going on 22 years of being married and also 22 years of being in business as well. And so that's been really fun. And my business has taken a lot of twists and turns along the way. And so what I dedicate myself to doing is coaching and consulting really a lot of thought leaders, people that have a strong message to share out in the world. And I I help them really get their message out of them and into the hands and hearts of thousands of people worldwide. And it's really exciting. And it's something that I uh, found myself doing early on where, hey, there's people that actually find value in what I have to say. What an awesome thing. And so developing the confidence to do that. And over time of doing that, I realized that a lot of people may not have the confidence, may not have the clear idea or concept about what their message is. And so I really love helping them get that message out and getting it out to the masses and creating tons of impact in the world. Okay. I have to ask, what were your confidence struggles? So many, <laughs> so many. Uh, how long do we have here? Because I might spend it all on We this have a part. long time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it really changed over time. I, I look at life in different seasons. And so there's been seasons of my professional life and my career that I struggled with a lot of confidence issues. Number one was the lack of a academic education. So interesting story. I look at myself and I, you know, I help and consult with million dollar business owners and all this stuff. And when I look back, I'm like, I dropped out of high school twice I went to college part-time, but then dropped out of that too. And then when I went back to finish my college degree, it turns out that the high school I graduated from wasn't even accredited. So I wasn't even a high school graduate, but I had been running a business already. And so I got my GED in my 30s. And so I was like, I, education is what I think I get my authority from. And that really wasn't the case, but it took me a while to realize that. So that was one of the areas is you know confidence in lack of education as I saw it. Also, just my background, you know, I have immigrant parents. And so we didn't have a whole lot growing up. And so I was like, well, what do I have to share? Like we came from humble beginnings. And actually, that's part of the story. So there was that part of it. And then getting, you know, what made me have this message when other people are further ahead or bigger than me or more experienced than me. And I'm like, yeah, but there's people that I can help. But ultimately, what I see as expertise is do I have some light to shine to somebody who doesn't have it? That's it. And I'm like, yeah, actually, even though I'm not the top of the top at the moment, there's still other people that can glean something from my experience. And so, you know, going over that. So there's been a lot of different levels of of confidence challenges or lack of confidence that I've had to overcome over time. And, you know, you go over one hurdle and another, and then you feel great in another area. And then suddenly you're challenged with a new experience. And then you're like, okay, where's my confidence again? My latest bout uh, with a lack of confidence, which is which was really interesting, happened, I want to say maybe about three years ago. And it's actually why I was in a mastermind in a community that you and I are very familiar with. I joined the mastermind for exactly that. So what happened was I was coaching thousands of clients just a couple of years ago. I still do to some capacity, but went from there to having really bad health issues. And I had some back issues and it got so bad that I got to the point where I couldn't walk. And I had to really step out of my business for a while. I was actually living on the floor of my office. So I'd sleep there. I'd work from there. I I was just in such incredible pain and had such a lack of mobility that I would just be sleeping on the floor. And my family life was kind of deteriorating because I wasn't me. And so what happened there is it's interesting that I went from traveling four or five times in one year to not being able to walk to the bathroom. 
Like, I remember my son pushing me to the bathroom on this on a skateboard because I couldn't even get on a chair. And it was just a humbling experience. And so here I am one year prior and even months prior, and I'm on top of the world or, you know, I thought I was, I was about to turn 40 at the time. And I was like, I guess the best of my life is behind me. And it was very rough for me. And I, I had all this confidence and my ability to, to help people transform their lives. So now I'm struggling to eat and I'm losing weight and I'm again, just living on the floor. So I remember joining the mastermind because I still wanted to be surrounded by people doing big things because I didn't want to let go of me being that person. But it was very hard when I was physically, physically limited. And it, it felt like I was like that, that part of my life was now behind me. And I was like, well, the rest that the next half of my life is going to be on the floor or in a wheelchair or bedridden. And I was trying to grasp on to any semblance of the successful business life that I had, the successful financial life that I had. And ultimately, it was a hit on my confidence. And I had to surround myself in the right environment to hold on to that. And so that's one of the lessons that I've learned over and over again is the surrounding, the environment we place ourselves in is really an elevator for us to hold on to the higher values that we have when we don't feel it ourselves. And that was the truth for me at this time. I really like that. I can draw at least two lessons from what you just described. One is that confidence is something that goes up and down and that it we have to kind of recommit to our confidence with each new development that happens in our life or each right. new period of our life. And the second thing is what you just said, that we can do ourselves a big favor when it comes to our belief in ourselves by putting ourselves in situations that may seem like they're bigger or higher or grander than what we're used to or what we're comfortable with, but that that is actually in service of our path, our our progress and what we are capable of producing going forward so that you're never giving up on your confidence, no matter how low to the ground you may be. I recently had a major back issue myself, so I can really sympathize with how horrible that situation is. Was there a part of you that knew you had something to share, even though you didn't have the formal education credentials and you were the son of immigrants and that you yeah. could think of all the reasons why you shouldn't have confidence, but what was the core that you were working from? Yeah. You know, I saw myself ever since I was a kid, I always saw myself as somebody that would hear people out. So I would actively listen. I was a very curious child and I'm still that curious child, just much older now. I'm very curious. And so I'm always curious to understand people, to really listen listen to them. And so I realized looking back in my life, ever since I was young, people would tr trust me and ask me for my advice. And I was like, what is it? Like, I don't really have a whole lot of qualifications for this, but I think part of it is just the ability and the interest of, of, of creating space for people to share with you. And it was always for me, it was a non-judgment zone. I wouldn't criticize. I'd accept them as they are. I wouldn't expect them to be anybody else. They would just come to me as they are. And it, okay, great. You know, whether we agree or not, doesn't matter. Like that's not even in this conversation. I just want to know you. And I just want to be open to hearing what you have to share. And so little by little people were entrusting some of their life 
issues and challenges and experiences with me and they felt very comfortable. And so they'd open up. I'm like, whoa, that conversation went pretty deep. I thought we were just having coffee. And now they're talking to me about the depths of their marital problems or their relationship with their kids or their business or finances. And I just allowed them to be open and candid in a judgment-free zone. As a matter of fact, even now, you know, my son just turned 21. And so here at home, we have dinner most nights. And at our dinner table, there's a rule, whether it's just the three of my wife, my son and I, or if we have company or guests or whatever the case is, friends over family, our table has always been a judgment-free zone. And so we have any conversations. But where did that come from? Well, it was that was born from very early on in my life where just people would come and share and I just love them anyway, you know, whether I agreed or not, whether I saw the world as they did or not, I'm just going to love you and listen to you. And so that created space. So then over time, I was like, there's something about what I'm saying or my perspective or what I'm sharing that's actually helpful. Let's discover what this thing is. And so little by little, I just started being getting bolder about sharing this. Okay, let's share this idea. And then it would be well received. I'm like, okay, well, maybe let's share another idea. And little by little, it didn't start, you know, just going on stages. It didn't start that way. In fact, I remember the first stage that I spoke at, I was literally shaking and crying. Like it was just so much anxiety built around that. And I remember exactly what I said. It was an actual marriage retreat. So we were speaking to about 40 couples and I was literally trembling. And I went up and I remember what I said. I said, I'm not a speaker, but what I have to share today can potentially help even one of you. And if that's the case, then I've done my job. And that like killed all nervousness. It killed all all of that anxiety because I was just transparent. I'm not a speaker. I'm kind of nervous, but I have something to share. And if one person benefits, then this is well worth it. And after that, it's just become easier and easier. Now I love speaking and I love doing all these things that before were completely scary to me. And so it all started when I was when I was a kid. There was hints of what we become looking back, even when we were kids. Okay. Why do you think people downgrade themselves? They actually might have the education. They might have the training. They might have the instincts from childhood. And yet they're thinking it's really not ready for stage. I'm not ready to publish. I'm not mm. ready to present. I'm not ready to really nail my ideas down so that people can actually use them and, and benefit from them. Yeah. I, I'm sure you've seen this amongst your clients uh, often, and I'm wondering what your theories are or what you've seen. Yeah. I've seen a couple things that are common. Number one is comparison. We compare ourselves to others doing what we want to do and think to ourselves, well, we're not that person. So what gives me the right to do it? And I'm like, yeah, well, that's a great thing. You're not that person because that person's already taken, but there's no other you here. So to me, I have, you know, one of the things that I love and I've developed over time is the ability to change perspectives pretty quickly. And it's because I had a lot of negative ways of looking at life early on based on just a lot of baggage from when I was a kid. And so I had to develop this and so I can look at a situation where like, yeah, you know, I compare myself. So I'm not that person. That person started 10 years ago, five years ago. They're way further along than me. They have more degrees than I do. They have the certification comparison. And what I look at is like, if you're going to compare, choose what you compare to. 
You're, we're going to compare anyway. It's human nature. We're going to do that. But we get to decide what we compare to. So I'd compare myself to me a year ago, me five years ago, me 10 years ago. I am not that person anymore. And I've grown so much. Wow, this ha has value to add to people. So if I'm going to compare, I get to choose what I compare to. And so a lot of us don't even know that that's a, that's a thing. We're just kind of operating this default mode that comparing. We're looking out there versus in here. So that's a big one that I see is comparison. Secondly is expectations. A lot of it is expectations that other people have placed on you. Like, for example, a lot of people, when they were younger, their parents used to tell them, no, we don't. it's rude to speak to adults. It's rude to answer back. It's rude to blank. So guess what? We shut down. My voice shouldn't be heard. It's not a good thing. So we tie, we tie sharing our perspective equals pain because that's what we've been taught. So we grow up still holding on to that, even though we're in a whole different life than we were when we were kids. I don't have mom and dad there instructing my behavior. I'm kind of on my own, but I'm still operating from that programming back then. And so for many of us as well is, you know, we were told to, you know, always speak a certain way. Or when we were in school, hey, you raise your hand and wait your turn. So when you have something to add, they didn't call on me. So I guess I'll just keep it to myself. So these are expectations and, you know, that, that have been placed on us. Some of them were just life. Others, we kind of took on without actually knowing that we're taking these expectations on. Like, why did we buy into it? But, you know, it comes from our parents. It comes from teachers. It comes from employers, like early on. It might even come from ourselves because we read something. I remember in this one, this one area of my life, my spiritual life, I used to judge myself because it didn't look a certain way like I would see others do it. And then it, my way was never good enough. But why? It was because I put the expectation that that way should be my way. And it never was because there was a more natural way for me. And I never gave space to that because for me, I set the expectation that it must look this way. But I can never live up to that way because that wasn't natural for me. So then it's this expectation that I can say, you know what? This expectation doesn't serve me. Actually, why don't I renew that to something that is actually something that serves me now? And so that's where expectations play in. That is beautiful. As you're speaking this entire time, I'm thinking that it's so much easier to function without these things like internalized expectations where there's that friction or that feeling of awkwardness or that time in school when you had something to say and you didn't raise your hand. I think that was me a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. wasn't, I didn't even get to the point where my hand was raised. <laughs> so really that that is a good model for how to get your voice to really be strong, how to develop confidence is to see where the points of friction in your day, when you're speaking yeah. to someone, when you're called to speak on a stage, what is going on? And can you disentangle all the old pieces out of what is really you and your message? Can you just make it about you and your message so that the yeah. whole thing is a whole lot easier? I know it's a big, <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's a big ball of entanglements, but um, thank you for sharing these pieces of why sure. we tend to hold ourselves back unnecessarily. Yeah. And I would say the last point here, although there's probably other things that keep us from sharing our voice, but I think the last point here is 
not not giving us space for truth. So uh, I was on a coaching call just the other day. You were actually, you joined us on that call. And I remember one of the interactions was about, this is kind of to summarize it. It was, I'm reluctant to ask for a sale. In other words, to ask for money. And so that feels true because she was operating from that place. But like the question is, what's the truth about this? Is it true that it's bad to ask for money? Well, we don't ask ourselves that. We don't reflect on how we think or how we feel. We just kind of take it for granted. And I guess it is what it is. But when you ask yourself, what's the truth behind this? When we behave a certain way and we catch, why did I do this? Why didn't I step up? Why didn't I say yes to the opportunity? Why didn't I just go for it? A lot of times it's because of lack of confidence. But then we get down to it. Why didn't we? And then we're like, oh, it's just because, you know, other opportunities that I went for didn't turn out right. So it was just a waste. So why even try? You know, so we start getting to, oh, what's the truth about that? Well, there was other opportunities that came up that worked great. As a matter of fact, I'm married to the love of my life because I took a chance. So is it true that every time there's opportunities, they always fall by the wayside? No, it's not true. Has it happened? Yes. But is it a truth? No. Ah, okay. So if it's not a truth, what is true? Well, the truth is that many opportunities have actually worked in your favor. And yes, you've learned from the ones that didn't. So both of them are kind of a win. Either you learn a lesson or you get the opportunity. Phenomenal. New belief installed. And it's all because we're seeking truth. We don't just take our our initial promptings as as gospel, as truth, as the definitive response. It doesn't have to be. We can ask questions and, and go deeper of why we respond the way we do, why we think the way we do. And one of the questions that I use often for myself is, wait, what's the truth about that? You're feeling angry right now. What is that anger? What's causing the anger? Well, I didn't ha- get my way, let's just say. But what's the truth about that? Is it true you didn't get your way? Well, I actually did. It was just this one thing that I didn't like how it went up. Oh, could you have handled it differently? Yeah. And would you have gotten your way if you did? Yes, I would. Oh, so it's not that you never get your way. It's just that in this occasion, you didn't share with the other person how much the decision made for you. Ah, okay. I can deal with that. It's no longer a limiting belief for me because I questioned it. I always say, if you're going to doubt things anyway, why don't you doubt your doubts? (laughs) You're going to doubt it anyway, you know, like... So some of us are trying to not do human things. Like as humans, we're going to doubt. As humans, we're going to compare. All I'm suggesting is why don't we choose the, how we do these natural human tendencies? Because we have a choice. So if we do it in an empowered way, continue doubting, just doubt the right things, which are your doubts. What if it doesn't happen? Okay. And what if it doesn't happen? Well, it's not that bad. Oh, okay. Well, then it doesn't matter if it doesn't happen. You just doubted your doubt. You know, so that's a that's a big one for me is just go ask yourself questions that get you to the truth. And that helps us build our confidence because then, you know, we, we're, we're getting down to the bottom of things instead of just taking them at face value and constructing a life around that. Beautiful. All right. I think that's a natural segue into the story of Fampreneur, if you wouldn't mm. mind giving us the backstory of Fampreneur and explaining really what you're doing inside the model of your business. Sure, sure. Fampreneur is, I would say, my life's work 
I would say it's it's the the thing that I absolutely love. As I shared with you, I've been married going on 20 years. I've also been in business going on 22 years. And so I remember getting married and what I wanted to do early on in our marriage is what most of us hope to do. Most of us that are in a career, most of us that are in business, we want to give our family everything we never had. And so we struggled and we didn't have grocery money. Well, I never want my family to experience that. So I'm going to do better. Well, we were never able to take trips. Well, I'm going to do better. Well, we were never able to own a home. Okay, well, I'm going to do better. So we always want to do better. So that was my intention too. And it just so happens that I got in business. And so I was like, okay, in this business, my goal is to give them everything I never had. And so I did that. But I realized that I was working from 7 a.m. to about 11 p.m. every single night running the business. And I remember early on in my son's life, um, he was in the bassinet in our in our physical office. So we had our physical office. Clients would come and my wife would be working with me and she would like quiet him down in a little the little kitchen area because he was in the bassinet. And he practically was raised his first almost year and a half, two years in our office. So. We had the stuff and we had the money and we had the car and we had the things. But I was like, I'm not really I don't have a relationship with my wife or my son. They have the stuff. But I didn't really realize that I know something was off. I just couldn't pinpoint it. And so probably about four years into my son's life. So this might have been 2005 or so. I remember being at a bookstore with him back when bookstores were still a major thing, you know, before Amazon kind of took over. So we were at a bookstore and I was reading to my son and just this truth hit me. And it was, you're giving your family everything you never had except for you. And when that message hit me, it it really shook me. Because then I look back and why did I have this? Why did I have this goal of giving my family everything I never had? Is because I saw my dad. My dad was an entrepreneur and, you know, we weren't very well off, but we were okay. We were, you know, fairly comfortable, but I, I didn't want the stuff that my dad gave me. I wanted more time with him and I felt I didn't have that. And I didn't want to repeat that for now my family, but that was actually happening. So when that happened, I was like, oh, this requires big shifts because I ended up doing the thing that I didn't want to do. So little by little, I started changing the way that I do business. And what I realized is you can have a successful business and a thriving family life. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes maybe shifting the way you do things. And as a result of that, I look at my marriage and we have an amazing marriage. It's it's awesome. Like people look at my wife and I, they're like, are you guys newlyweds? Because we're just like completely in love with each other. Like that youthful love, like that's what we have now. And it's almost 22 years. I look at my two children. I have my a daughter and my son, my my daughter's in Georgia. She's married and she has two kids. So I'm also a grandfather. And I look at the quality of quality of relationships that I have with my son, with my daughter, with my grandkids, with my wife, and the people that I do what I do to provide for. And I'm like, if I had continued going down the path I went through, yes, we would have had bigger things in business. And yes, we would have had all that stuff, but I might have lost my family. I might have been divorced. I might have not had a great relationship with my kids because I could easily see that that's where things went for my father, but also for many people that I coach and consult with now that their business has gotten in the way of the people they're doing it for. So that's where Fanpreneur was born is realizing, wait, I've taken this for granted. Yes, I've been able to figure this thing out for me and my home 
in my business, but I see coaching clients that I've been helping with their business and their marketing and their sales. And I see what their home life looks like. And they're, they say they're doing it for these people they love. And yet it's, it's kind of like a, a someday I'll get around to spending more time. Someday I'll spend time with the kids at the game. Some days I'll go on a date with my spouse. When is someday? Like what if someday never comes? What if you get busy, so busy that you can't detach? Why not have both now? And so that's really where Fampreneur took shape is I want to help people. And I do help people build a thriving, successful business without sacrificing their family life. Because for most of the people that I serve, that's who they're doing it for to begin with. So why take away from them in order to, at some future unknown date, give it back to them? By then your kids are grown. By then they might be out of the house. By then they have lives of their own and friends of their own. And they don't perhaps want to spend time with you because they've lost that connection. And so why sacrifice you when you can have them both now? And so that's really what I focus uh, my coaching and my business around is helping those people that no longer want to cheat on their family with their business and they want to put everything in its proper place. Beautiful. And I love that you have a thriving business and a thriving family and wonderful grandchildren. That's amazing. And you just came back from Mexico recently, I know. And I'm thinking that you must be teaching some sort of time management in there because there is the tendency for entrepreneurs to have everything be kind of this swirling to-do list that never ends. And we are creative people as entrepreneurs. So there's always another idea or another launch. So how do you help people to kind of maybe put boundaries on things? Is that what you do? Yeah, to some extent, you would be surprised that I don't do a lot of productivity and time management related things. I think that's really important. For me, what I what I typically do is I help my clients focus in on the things that actually matter. So what ends up happening is they get rid of a whole lot of the to-do list because it doesn't really even matter. So for example, if your audience is on YouTube, let's say, and that's for the most people, then why are you on TikTok and why are you on Instagram and why are you on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter? Like you have, you create a lot of complexity when it doesn't have to be that way. So what I teach is building a business on your terms. So before we get started really restructuring businesses, I want to know what you want this business to look like in the first place. And some people said, you know what? I've been going to launch and I have all these things and I'm running ads and I need thousands and thousands of leads to have this business that produces X amount of money. And I'm like, is that the model that you like? Not really. It's just the one that I know. And I'm like, okay, well, why don't we change it to the one you want? They're like, I didn't know I could do that. I'm like, of course. And so for some people, it's actually reducing what they do in business. So for example, somebody like one of my clients, for example, she was a web developer. She really loves branding. So she would do the web development and she was doing roughly about 13 or 15,000 a month. Um, taking on five, six brand new projects every single month. And so then she's the one that's building the website and getting the pixels and getting the design ready and all that stuff. But what she was really fulfilled is, is helping people get clarity on their brand. So I'm like, then why are you behind the computer, you know, doing the stuff when what makes you come alive is actually interacting with people. She's like, I don't know. It's just a skill set. And I thought this is the easiest path to get what I want. I'm like, well, what do you want? She's like, well, if I can do $25,000 a month and I 
don't have to spend 65 hours a week building things, I would absolutely love it. Okay, great. Well, why don't we structure that? So then we shifted her model and now she charges $8,000 for some branding consulting. She takes on three clients a month. That's her $24,000. And it's taking her 15 hours to deliver on a weekly basis from 65. Did that take a awesome you know, project, uh, project management software or time management? No, we actually just got clear on what she wants. Fascinating. For others, they're marketing every single day of their lives. And they're like, well, the launch model is best for you. Because then you have a two, three month buffer where you don't have to give in so much, but you're reusing assets every couple months. And for them, the launch model is what they want. So for me, why don't we get clear of what you want and then build that? Instead of adding complexity, this is where a lot of comparison comes in. Well, they're doing this. I think I should do that too. Is that what you want? No, then let's not do it. Okay. So it's a lot of clarity. Okay. Beautiful. I love that. I love the idea of going from 60 hours to 15 of work and having more gratification in the process. That sounds like a really good formula that you're teaching people. And I love the energy that you have, Alex. Thank you so much for sharing your story, your history, your confidence journey, and your expertise today. This was a big lesson and your energy is through the roof. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. Could you share with us how our listeners can stay in touch with you, be in touch with you, and potentially work with you as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I kind of gave you a gave you one example of somebody that was able to turn a service into a high paid consulting offer. So that's one of the things that I absolutely love to do. And this is where I find somebody that has a lot more value than they actually realize. So I created a tool and it's called the premium offer pyramid. And it shows you how to take what you do and level it up. So it's more valuable to people and you can also charge more. So you have to, you get to work less and still make the same or more money. And so that resource is available. So if anybody is interested, they can get downloaded. It's absolutely free. They can go to alexnavas.com forward slash freebie, F-R-E-E-B-I-E. It's absolutely free there. So they can download that resource. And then I have a lot of blog posts and content that they can read through on, you know, on my alexnavas.com site. If you're also interested in the Fampreneur brand, feel free to visit that at fampreneur.com. And there's a number of things there as well that, We'll keep you connected. Beautiful. Thank you, Alex. I know I'm going to see you again. I hope my listeners get in touch with you. Download the freebie, alexnavas.com slash freebie. If you're interested in building your business, getting more time back with your family, I love this model. I love your work. Thank you again, Alex. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, everyone, we are done with another episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me the favor of going to wherever you listen to the podcast and submitting a five-star review. I would so appreciate that and will help get this and these messages out to the rest of the world. Have a great week. I'll see you next Thursday. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Make Time for Success podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard, You can subscribe to make sure you get notified of upcoming episodes. You can also visit our website, maketimeforsuccesspodcast.com for past episodes, show notes, and all the resources we mentioned on the show. Feel free to connect with me over on Instagram too. You can find me there under the name Procrastination Coach. Send me a DM and let me know what your thoughts are about the episodes you've been listening to. 
and let me know any topics that you might like me to talk about on the show. I'd love to hear all about how you're making time for success. Talk to you soon.